Fantastic. All right. Hello. Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. You're with me, Scott. How you been out there? Hope you all had a great weekend. I certainly did. It's been fucking pretty bad weather, to be honest. Though. It's been pissing down with rain uh, since Friday, since we last talked. Um, today's actually a little bit sunny, but the wind is fucking chilly. So I'm sitting by the bar with like three jumpers on. It's just what it is. Hopefully the sun warms it up a little bit. But like I said, it's been pissing down with rain. I had a fucking swimming pool next to my swimming pool. It was raining that much. But yeah, hopefully you guys got out and about, did something cool. Uh, I know lockdown was in Victoria, so all you guys over in Melbourne couldn't have done shit. But, you know, make the most of it. Get in your home studios. Fucking, you know, do whatever the fuck you do by yourselves when you can't leave the house. You know what's going on. But it's just been one of those uh, one of those wicked weekends. Some new music to talk about today, guys. Um, as well as uh, other little bits and bobs happening in the world. We'll get to that at the end. Like I said, I've been trying to get my head around this new uh, Logic Pro X or whatever the fuck program that I'm trying to use now. Uh, so we'll talk about that later on, I reckon. But uh, there's been a little controversy going on in Australia um, over the weekend <laughs> regarding their fucking advertising campaigns trying to encourage people to get vaccinated. Uh, they've been accused of being boring. And uh, I, I, I got to be honest, guys, I don't really understand the advertising world completely. I understand what advertising is and I understand the importance of it and it's pretty much the basis of our economy now, right? Especially with the internet going and stuff like that. Most revenues generated through advertising. That's why they're spying on you and all that shit, targeted advertising and all that. But Jesus Christ, whatever the fuck they end up doing with some um, advertising campaigns just suck. And I don't even understand what the hell they're going for sometimes. And like really loosely, you can kind of talk about like advertising campaigns as being sort of in two separate camps. You've got the camps of people trying to sell shit. And that's fine. They can do things like just get their brand stuck in your head and you end up buying it, right? And so basically the call to action is to spend money in their direction, something like that. But then you've got the advertising campaigns that are kind of um, like from the government where it's really trying to motivate people to do something. And that's a bit of a different thing. And apparently that's where our government's fucking fallen down. And I don't even know where some of these other advertising campaigns fit in. Like we talked a few weeks ago about fucking um, uh, our new mayor of Perth, uh, old fucking bazzy big nose Zemplis, uh, how he was trying to brand Perth for some reason. Uh, for some advertising campaign to try and develop a, some kind of, I don't know what the fuck he was trying to do, but he's trying to brand Perth. He's trying to use this identity politics bullshit. You know what? Perth is a fucking big city full of individuals, right? So everyone looks at things through the lens of fucking uh, groupthink these days and somehow that you have to brand a whole fucking society. I don't know if you're branding it for tourists. If that's the case, just fucking show off your... um your great tourist attractions, like the beach. That's pretty much all we have in Perth, the beach. So that's not really branding Perth, but it, if it's for the reason of tourism, that makes more sense. Branding it for the people that live here, that's just fucking retarded. Uh, we don't need to be branded. Leave me out of your fucking shit. We're a, a whole society full of individuals here stop chucking us into these weird groups. So that one's a weird one. But also just ads themselves kind of 
like miss the mark. I understand like target audiences and shit like that, but I don't even know if advertisers understand target audiences all the time. I don't really know. Like, uh, do you ever get that feeling sometimes where like ads are like talking down to you or treating you like a fucking idiot or a child? Like, what comes to mind? What's a good example of this? Oh, yeah. All right. So we've got this, um, that, I don't know. It could be all over the planet. I don't know if it's just an Australian thing, but there seems to be this company called Inner Health Plus, and they sell a probiotic capsule full of good bacteria for your gut health, right? But their mascot is like this little cartoony blue fucking stupid thing. Have you had your Inner Health Plus today? Some crap like that. Guys, what child that is, you know entertained by that fucking cartoon character is looking for gut health pills. This is obviously a product for adults, yet you treat us like children. So I would go ahead and boycott your brand just because the amount of content you must have. Or like, I don't know, you must fucking think that people that uh, actually care about inner, inner gut health are a bunch of fucking idiots that are sort of entertained and clap it along with your stupid jingles. I don't really understand. That, like, I don't know. We'll get on to the Australians' campaign for this COVID vaccine in a bit, but just, like, I, I'm trying to figure out what the hell they would do. I don't like criticizing things without maybe offering a little bit of a solution. Um, maybe know your market. Maybe try and be uh, not as condescending sometimes or whatever. Like, I don't know, there, there was an ad that, that I always remember. Um, uh, there's lots of them. Like I said, there's all the ones that have like the nice jingles and all that sort of stuff that just get drilled into your head and you don't like it, but you remember it. And so, yeah, I guess it's effective marketing. It's kind of working on a subconscious level or something like that. But I don't know, for some of you guys that are a bit older, um, you might remember probably early 2000s or something like that. There was an ad campaign for a fucking um a tv the bravia i think it was a sony bravia tv and they had this wicked advert where they basically just dumped a whole bunch of uh multicolored bouncy balls on one of those epic streets in uh what is it san francisco i think you know the famous sloped streets and so they just basically littered the shit out of this because as far as i can tell it wasn't cgi it was like actual bouncy balls hundreds of thousands of them that they just fucking dumped down this street filmed it and hopefully cleaned up after themselves. I'm not really too sure. But that was a fucking, that was an epic ad. And it wasn't, you know, it's, it's always, I don't really know what it meant. It never showed a TV. Maybe right at the end it might have done that. Because it's very hard to advertise a TV on TV, right? You, can, you can't show the quality difference between your new TV and the TV that people are watching because they're kind of limited to the quality they're watching. It's like, hey, look at this new TV. It looks the exact same pixel ratio as my TV. So them going the other route and doing that, you know, the only reason it sort of comes to mind because it had um, that uh, Jose Gonzalez song, Heartbeat. So what, how's that song go? If I can, let me find it here. Like I said, incidental music. This doesn't count as copyright, guys. But you remember this song? Wait. This wicked fucking Jose Gonzalez song. I remember the ad. Not because of the fucking, well, I remember that as for a Bravia TV. Didn't go out and buy one. But I became a huge Jose Gonzalez fan. I wouldn't have known about this guy if it wasn't for that TV ad. So that was a fucking effective marketing campaign, I think. Didn't buy the TV, but definitely uh, bought 
a couple of Jose Gonzalez albums back when CDs were a thing. Remember that? That was a while ago. But I don't really know where Australia is trying to sit with this government campaign to get people uh, the vaccine, right? Because we've fallen behind. Um, this seems to be one of those things that you shouldn't really need to advertise for. And the fact that you are advertising for it is kind of just an admission of your own fucking um, incompetence in rolling it out. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Like, a vaccine to a deadly global fucking pandemic shouldn't really need advertising, should it? Am I wrong with this? Like, the advertising is the horror that's going on in the world. The news is advertising this for you. Let's not be like India. How about that? Just let's not be like India. Get your vaccine. I don't know. You don't need to try and do a cute, fun little thing. So this is what's happened. They've been, they've been accused of uh, doing an ad campaign that's boring. It's, it's a bit boring and it's not engaging uh, the under 40-year-olds to um, you know, roll up their sleeves and get the jab, right? <laughs> and uh, it's got nothing to do with the fact that the coronavirus doesn't really seem to matter that much here in Australia because we kind of avoided it. It's really got nothing to do with our government's failure at getting this vaccine into the country and actually rolling it out. We were fucking real slow with that shit. And then all the side effects from the vaccine, it's pretty new, it's pretty experimental. We don't know what's going on with it. We don't know about RNA vaccines too much. We're not, you know, whatever. It's, so instead of giving informed consent, let's go ahead and fucking make something cute and fun for everybody, right? And they're like showing examples of like the way they were advertising in Singapore with some just god-awful, like, it looked like, um, like a fucking kid's show. And that's going to that's gonna motivate Australia. Something more like that rather than the boring thing. But it's very hard for a government to try and motivate its people. Like, by the way, they're spending like $40 million on like, well, a big chunk of their $40 million uh, COVID advertising budget is going on this one campaign. So spending some serious dollars to do literally nothing. And, and it, the Australian government fucking sucks at almost everything they do and try to advertise. Like, I remember... Uh, you know, as a kid growing up in the 90s, there was a big uh, government campaign, a big ad campaign, and they, they sent people around to our schools and all this shit, singing songs. Uh, uh, basically, it was a nice way to tell you the new rules and their consequences. And it was all about um, they wouldn't let kids go out and play in the playground without wearing a hat. Because back in the 90s, fucking um, the biggest public health crisis we were facing was the sun, Right? That was it. And so they had this big no hat, no play campaign, right? And it kind of makes sense. Don't let the kids outside in the sun during school hours when the, it's, you know, fucking 40 degrees, UV through the roof, blah, 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 blah. But they kind of, you know, they said no hat, no play. They didn't say no hat, no going outside. They really tried to tie fun into that, right? So if you don't have a fucking hat, you're not even allowed to play regardless if you're outside or not. That was kind of the, the subtext to it, even though they did specify that it's obviously just going outside, but they kind of, there was a bit of fear in there. Like, if you don't do this, you know, you're not allowed to do these other things. So it's kind of like a blackmail advertising strategy, right? I mean, th that's the way they should bring this in uh, with the COVID vaccine, sort of. You know what I mean? Just, you know, if you don't get the fucking vaccine, this is what's going to happen to you, right? Like, no jab, 
no travel. So no jab, no jet, something like that, right? And that's, by the way, one of the things that they've kind of rolled out to try and incentivize people to get the vaccine, as well as this fantastic advertising campaign that they're working on, which I'm sure is going to be fine. Um, they're trying to incentivize by um, like offering some prizes and stuff like that. One of the prizes is a year's worth of unlimited travel. Ah. Oh my God, you really think you're going to have unlimited travel for the next year just if you roll up your sleeve and get a vaccine here in Australia? Jesus Christ. Like that, that goes back to the fucking... You're getting treated like a child because you, you've got to be a child to believe that that's going to actually happen, right? But anyway, they're fucking... They need to go to the, um, to the black mouse sort of thing. Like, what's really going to happen if you don't get the jab? You're going to get locked down. You get, so this is, here we go. This is the fucking campaign they need. No jab, no job. Right? Even if you work from home. Even if you've had no exposure to anybody ever, but you make a little bit of money tinkering on the internet at home, they'll take that away from you. Why not? If you don't get the vaccine, no job. Doesn't matter what your fucking job is. Let's do it. No jab, no job. That's the Australian government for you. Jesus Christ, you shouldn't have to advertise about a vaccine. You just inform people, that's bad. COVID's bad. Vaccine, good. You don't have to convince them it's good if it's good. You know what I mean? Just inform people. Let's get this vaccine fucking sorted out and let's uh, get back to normal life for unlimited travel for the next year. <laughs> or something like that. Anyway, I fucking... I didn't even know where to stand on, on this sort of shit. Like, the amount of money our government seems to waste on advertising campaigns that are just fucking god-awful and just, I don't know, make you feel like you don't even want to be part of the society they're targeting, you know? Because it seems to be a bunch of fucking dummies that fall for that shit. That's what it is. Anyway, I did get to check out some new music over the weekend. Uh, what did we talk about last episode? I can't even remember. A couple of albums. Um, they obviously didn't strike me too hard oh yeah the clothes album yeah if i can listen to that a, a bit more that was pretty damn cool but uh got a bit of a mixed bag i did listen to like maybe three or four albums this weekend uh i'll talk about two of them i reckon um yeah let's go opposite ends of the spectrum here uh so the first one yeah was called cavalcade cavalcade by a band called black midi uh these guys are out of the uk i don't think they've been around for too long maybe five years six years something like that uh really strange album guys um finding it like that's kind of why i want to talk about it because it's hard to sort of pin it down as to what genre it is i guess it's like an experimental rock i don't know if i want to call it prog rock because it's a little bit difficult listening it's kind of like fucking nick cave meets mr bungle sort of stuff so vocally it's very nick cavey right very dull set um a bit of spoken word here and there stuff like that uh but then like instrumentally it's got very very strange sounds like uh it's kind of it's chaos but then there's also really nice moments all the way through it so it's hard to pin down just like what i said please check it out I, um they're, they're, i did a bit of research they're called black midi uh based on a japanese genre of music called black midi which I had never fucking heard of. But the idea is, is that they use like MIDI files, like, you know, where you're tracking things with MIDI on a whatever software you're using and all that sort of shit. It's called Black MIDI because they use like thousands, millions, 
billions, even trillions of notes in those MIDI samples. So that's why it's called Black MIDI, because if you look at the score, it just looks black because there's so many fucking notes, right? Don't know if that's what was going on in this, because maybe if you just get so many notes together, it just blurs into one sound, and you can just take that sound as just one thing, and you're not, your brain's not trying to decipher the million notes that it's made of or anything like that. I don't really know. But that's what Black MIDI is. Have you guys heard of Black MIDI as a genre? I might have to go on a deep dive this week and try and figure out if it's one actually exists and two worth listening to because the description doesn't sound too enticing to me i don't really like genres of music that have rules like that you know whatever but anyway the um the album cavalcade by black midi was pretty good and it was um it like i said it was interesting it's a completely different vibe it's not something that you put on in the background to chill out to it's probably like something that you'll just you know really try and sink into by yourself if you're into that sort of style of music it was cool, nonetheless. So check it out. Cavalcade. Uh, Black Midi. Um, let's get on to the next one. Uh, actually, this kind of, I'll, I'll kind of do two here. Uh, one I didn't even listen to, but just to let you guys know, I do know what's out there. Eminem released a new song. Haven't listened to it yet. Not a big Eminem fan anyway. Uh, but along those sort of hip-hop rap sort of uh, lines, uh, DMX bought out a new album called Exodus. You know, how's that? From Beyond the Grave. It's a posthumous album that's come out from DMX. And uh, I don't really know how much he was involved with releasing this album before. Obviously, he recorded some shit. I read somewhere that he recorded a couple of tracks at maybe Snoop Dogg's studio or something like that. But this is, yeah, it's a DMX album featuring about 400 other people. Um, from all over the place. I think Alicia Keys is in this album. Obviously, Snoop Dogg is. Fucking even Bono is in this album. Uh, and it's kind of all over the shop, but it's, you know, it's a decent, decent hip-hop album, guys. Like, I don't really know what to tell you. It's like, <laughs> one of the things that I find pretty fucking charming about uh, some hip-hop albums is their, um, whatchamacallit, they, they have a lot of theater of the mind. You know what I mean? Like every now and then there's like a, it's a track that's not a real track. It'd be like an interlude in between tracks, but it'll just be like a skit and you can just sort of, you know, it's just a, an audio skit and it's kind of funny. Sometimes it's kind of, I don't know, means something. I don't really know, but there's a lot of theater of the mind. You can hear things going on. Sometimes a door slam and stuff like that. It's, it's like old school, old school radio, theater of the mind. It's, you know, there's a bit of that in this album as well. And a lot of, uh, a lot of songs, but it got me, <laughs> it got me thinking. Like, is because it's it's one of the, it's one of those kinds of um, hip hop albums, one of those kind of like classic rap hip hop albums where it's just littered with n bombs. Uh, so I don't know if that's if you should separate that style of hip hop out of other hip hop or whatever, like gangster hip hop, gangster rap. I don't really know what it means. I don't know. Is it even hard? Am I going to get in trouble for calling it gangster rap? They, they act like it. They're the ones that use those words. I don't really know. But it got me thinking that like some of those albums, those ones that are, you know, N-bomb rap, uh, it's kind of like the only music that kind of demands you be racist to enjoy it. And I don't know if that makes immediate sense, but let me break it down. Say if, say if you've got this song and you listen to it, you're kind of enjoying it. It's got some cool flow to it. It's got some wicked rap and, it, you know, the words that are being uh, spoken or sung or whatever 
are obviously filled with with end bombs. It's end this, end that, my ends, all that sort of stuff, right? And then imagine you enjoyed the song, you're like, whatever, and you find out that, wait a minute, that was actually a white guy? Inappropriate, right? You can't listen to that album ever again, and that guy's probably going to get into a lot of trouble. Yeah? You see what I'm saying? You can't do it as a white person. Even though like, like music is like a, it's a non-visual medium. Again, it's theater of the mind sort of stuff. So whatever you hear is just what you hear. There is no color or creed or like, it doesn't matter what the fuck you look like. It's what you sound like, right? But then, yeah, I don't really understand. Like when you hear those songs, you can only enjoy it and be okay with it if you assume that it's a black guy singing it or saying it. You know what I mean? And it's weird because it doesn't really come up in many other genres of music. If it does, let me know because I'm just, you know, exploring this thought here. But uh, like like blues music, blues music has its roots in like depression, right? That's why they call it the blues is because it's like a music style that came out of uh, depression. And uh, am I allowed to play blues music if I feel fine? Yeah, I kind of am. Or is that wrong? Am I only allowed to use that that flat fifth note in a in a solo or something if uh, I've contemplated suicide at least a few times? You know what I mean? Of course not. You can just use it; it's fine. But you know, you can't do the same style album as DMX has just released unless you're black, right? So I don't know. There's like a I don't know a race criteria to that style of music, especially if you. Uh, do the end and it's not like i'm just saying it's just certain words because like the end bomb thing through this style of music is just fucking i don't know it's losing its impact it doesn't really mean what it means it's just a, a word it's just a thing and it definitely is in like it cre- it's part of the style that n word is the fucking flat fifth note in blues music right that's what makes it the thing it is i don't know i don't know i'm just thought it was a little bit weird that thought just struck me when i was listening to this album it's like what if i didn't know what these guys looked like and it turned out they were all white am i an asshole for enjoying this i don't know i don't know but that's uh that's the albums exodus by dmx with a million other people on the album as well so it's a dmx album sorta but it's also a big collab album and i guess it's a bit of a a nice tribute uh to him after his uh, sad passing not that long ago so they're really uh jumped in to cash in on that pretty quick didn't they that's what it is that's the world these days anyway like i said i've been trying to work out how to use this uh new logic x program for recording and stuff so i can get some new music to you guys and i did mention in the last episode that i'll try and like limit myself to doing a cover song just so i can limit the creativity a little bit and try and get my head into the production and whatever so i decided to do a song called uh, no worries by the great pogo and remember, if you don't know Pogo, Jesus, what are you doing? How many times do I have to tell you guys to check out Pogo? Fucking love Pogo. Um, and the song No Worries is a beautiful, beautiful song. It's one of uh, the rare Pogo songs that is not themed. You know, it's not sampled from um, movies or TV or um, video games or anything like that. It's, I'm pretty sure all the vocals are Adele. I could be wrong. I don't really know. Sounds like Adele to me. Uh, but it's a beautiful song, got some beautiful hooks through it, and it's fairly simple structurally, so it's like, good, wicked, I could do that. So this is what I've come up with. I 
just you know programmed a basic drum track for it uh did some basic bass did like one take guitar sort of stuff uh with some simple chord progressions you know that i just eared out and then i just sort of uh improved the vocal melodies uh just sitting here at the bar with my acoustic guitar plugged directly in so i already know there's going to be some tips that i need to change shouldn't be recording acoustic guitar di should be miking it up Always knew that, but I'm not going to do it out here at the bar. I'll have to set something up inside. Um, otherwise, it'll just be windy and airy, and you'll uh, you know hear the neighbors farting and all that shit, right? Um, I know I need to double track these. They are not double tracked yet. Uh, a bunch of other sorts of stuff that needs to happen. So the guitars, they're just sketchy sort of bits and bobs. Uh, I had Liam around yesterday, and he kind of helped me out, gave me some tips with mixing and limiting and you know low cutting and all that sort of stuff just to make it sound a little bit better so it's a rough rough thing but you know in the spirit of this podcast i thought i'd show you the work in progress i only spent a couple of hours on this but it's um it's what it is and it will get better so every now and then i'll show you an update if i work on it a little bit more so this is just where i'm starting from right i like to show my working out in this podcast you know Area uh, polished music is just a one and done thing. The, the process is fun. It's the process we should be falling in love with, guys, not the product. And so I'm enjoying this. I've learned a whole bunch of shit. One of the main things I learned is that this fucking Logic program is insane, and we've come a hell of a long way since the old doors from uh, 10, 15 years ago. These things are powerful as fuck these days. So there is really no excuse for me to be really bad at it, but it's going to take time. So I have been on YouTube checking out tutorials and tips and tricks and all that sort of stuff. Haven't implemented them yet because, uh, you know, there is a finite amount of time in a week, guys. So we'll get around to all that sort of shit. But for now, it's just what it is. It's a little cover song, so I'll show you it today. And then maybe in a couple of weeks or something, I can show you if there's any progress being done. I might try and convince someone to actually record vocals for it, because I really love this song, guys. Um, the song is No Worries uh, by Pogo. It's from his album called Kindred Spirit, I believe. Maybe 2014, 15, something like that. So I'll leave it with you now. Have yourselves a great week. Remember, if you want to get involved with the, uh, the Jam Room podcast, you can always hit me up on Twitter, or Instagram, which is uh, at Jamroom Podcast, or you can email me, scott at thejamroom.com.au. I will respond to everything you send. Uh, let us know if you've got music you want to chuck on this podcast. Let me know. I'm happy to share the love, right, guys? If you know, I can grow my audience by growing yours, and you can grow yours by, you know, growing, I don't know, something like that. Whatever. Win-win. That's what we're going for. Hey, guys? Win-win <laughs> situation. Anyway, this is the Jam Room Podcast. Have a great week. This is a cover. Like I said, I'm not ripping it off. I'm not claiming it as my own. I'm crediting it. It's a cover of a song by Pogo named No Worries. Kind of featuring Adele, maybe. This is the Jam Room Podcast. Mm-hmm.